Matthew 13, starting at verse 31. Jesus told them a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. Told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. Interesting. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. We'll skip down to 44. The kingdom of heaven, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up onto the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets and threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore... Every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house, a host, who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. We will go that far. The kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like this, it's like this, it's like this, it's like this. All sorts of different angles. I love it. I've told this story before, but I think it was long enough ago that you won't remember it. Uh, and also, uh, it's, uh, it, it fits. Uh, so it, it goes like this. Uh, a while back, years ago, I was sitting at my desk doing whatever it was I was doing at the time, and I get this phone call. Uh, and on the other end of the line is, uh, is uh, really excited and uh, overjoyed Renee. Right? So she gives me a call. I didn't tell you I was going to tell a story about you. Sorry. <laughs> Normally I ask, is it okay if I tell this story? I apologize. I love you. Will you forgive me? Please? Okay, anyway. So she's overjoyed and, and like over, overwhelmed. And, and uh, the conversation went sort of like this. And I, I don't remember exactly how the conversation went, so I'm sort of making that part up. But all the details are kind of right. This is going off the rails. Um, <laughs> So the story went a little bit like, like this. The, the phone call went a little bit like this. I say, hey there. Um, and she says, Aaron, you'll never guess what just happened. And I'm like, you're right, I'll never guess. <laughs> what just happened? And she says, well, Caleb and I were looking for a, a toy that was missing, and we decided to look in the cushions of the couch. Uh, and... Um, and we, while we were looking in the cushions of the couch, we found like a, a, a train, train track piece and a couple of other things. Uh, and then I noticed that I could reach my hand all the way back down into the inner parts of the couch. 
and you'll never guess what I found back there. And I'm like, you're right, I'll never guess what you found back there. What did you find? And she goes, I found a $20 bill. And then I get overexcited and overwhelmed, and I'm like, a $20 bill, that is awesome. What are we going to do with it? And then we have a conversation about this $20 bill and what we're going to do with it. And we decided that we're, we're going to go that night and we eat at Fazoli's. <laughs> so we did. We went and ate at Fazoli's. Because when you find an extra $20 bill, what do you do? You do what you don't do very often. You go out and eat, right? Jesus said the kingdom of heaven, it's like that. Oh, you've had that experience right? Like something that is hidden, unseen, in the most ordinary of places suddenly becomes visible, like money in a couch. Or this, every winter, when, when you get out your winter coat and you'd put it away last spring for the spring and summer and you, you get your winter coat out, aren't you always like, what am I going to find in here? And sometimes you find something, you're like, ah, that's where it was, right? You never know what you're going to find. And then when you find it, you're overwhelmed and you're, over, you're overcome with joy. And that grace that you just experienced in that moment is so good that you have to tell somebody about it. Look what I just found. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven? Yeah, it's like that. A tiny, little, ordinary mustard seed is planted in the ground. It's hidden, tucked away under a pile of dirt. And after a while, what was unseen then becomes visible as it suddenly sprouts through the ground and then it keeps growing and growing. It becomes a tree and it gives shade and shelter to the birds of the air. It gives grace to the birds of the air. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, it's like that. A small bit of yeast is hidden in the dough. It's buried in there. It's invisible. And then after a while, what was unseen becomes visible as the yeast gives the dough shape and form. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, it's like that. A treasure is hidden in an ordinary field, unseen, tucked away under some old railroad ties that somebody else forgot to clean up so many years ago. And then after a while, what was unseen becomes visible when a man decides to clean up somebody else's railroad tie mess, right? And then he finds the treasure and he goes home and he sells everything he has and he buys the field so that the treasure can become his. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven, it's just like that. An ordinary merchant who makes his living selling pearls, He spends his days scouring the marketplaces to find that one perfect pearl, the best of the best. He knows that it's out there somewhere. So he looks, he searches, it's hidden, it's unseen. And then all of a sudden, there it is. What was unseen becomes visible. Ah, there it is. So he he runs home, he mortgages his house, he has a ginormous garage sale, he sells his car on Craigslist, and he goes out and he buys the pearl the single perfect pearl. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, it's just like that. Now, oh, I love it. Now let's talk for a moment about what Jesus is doing here because I think this is really cool. 
right? Jesus understood, I think, the power of language and image and story better than anybody else on the planet. And in his teaching, he loved to use things like metaphors and parables and images and hyperbole and story. What was he trying to do? What was he trying to do? What was he trying to accomplish by using metaphors and comparisons when talking about God and the kingdom of heaven? What was he trying to accomplish? I have an idea. Here's what I think. Jesus was trying his best to capture theological truth and divine intentions and sort of make them, make them understandable, accessible to the people who were listening. Right? Jesus was trying to shrink the immensity of God's truth because it is so immense. He was trying to shrink the immensity of God's truth in order to make it manageable to the human mind. He was using metaphors to sort of soften the truth of God's kingdom because he knew that the enormity of God's will and the infinity of divine wisdom was just far beyond the comprehension of us human beings. So he told stories about ordinary things, things that we sort of can connect with. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed buried. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast in the dough. The kingdom of heaven is like a, is like a treasure hidden in a field, and then somebody suddenly finds it. The kingdom of heaven is like, it's like a merchant who searches all his days looking for the, the perfect pearl, and then he finds it. The kingdom of heaven, it's like that. And in those stories, Jesus is all about the joy that comes from discovering something extraordinary while just looking around in the ordinary, right? And for Jesus, the greatest joy comes when the kingdom of heaven is finally seen and experienced in the ordinary. In these Matthew 13 parables, Jesus tells us that the very rule and reign of God, think about this, the very rule and reign of God, the power and presence of God, The loving and life-transforming activity of God is available to us now in the ordinary. It's right here, hidden, just underneath the surface, ready to be discovered, embraced, and celebrated. Oh, it's there. Begs an important question. In what ordinary places do we find the power and the presence of God. In what ordinary places do we experience the power and presence of God? Now, there are all sorts of way that, ways that people answer this question. Uh, one of them is, is this. Some people think that the only way to, to truly discover God's power and God's presence is by, well, getting all mystical, right? We have to go through some sort of process that allows us to escape the, the flesh and blood and, and bones and dirt and, and water of this world and, and sort of achieve a, a higher plane where we can sort of experience where God is at. Oh, are you with me? Right? But that doesn't, if you think about it, that doesn't really fit very well with, with the idea of kingdom of heaven being experienced just in the ordinary stuff of life. Right? Other people say that we can only connect with the power and presence of God is by doing enough good things to sort of gain access to it. We sort of, yeah, like help enough older people carry their groceries to the car 
or make enough people smile or donate a load of money to charity and then we become good enough so that at the end of our days, we sort of boom, we're in heaven, the kingdom of heaven, there, we're there. But that doesn't work either with these stories that Jesus told, does it? It doesn't sound like somebody just sort of stumbling onto a treasure as they're walking through a field, like it's something that's freely given and not earned. It's just given and received. Suddenly, there it is. No, coming into contact with the kingdom, experiencing God's power and presence and being caught up in God's love is something that we have access to in the ordinary stuff of life. Not just when our days are done, when we die and go off to heaven, whatever that means, we're not quite sure, but in the here and now. So what about here? What about here? What about now? Think about it for a moment. So Jesus' point in these parables is that he is the means by which the kingdom had come to earth. It was in him that the love and the power of God and a right relationship with God could be received. Jesus' work on the cross is like a treasure hidden in a field. It's like the pearl of great price. And all of that can be accessed right here, right now in the ordinary. We're just ordinary, imperfect people. That's all we are here. We're just gathered together in an ordinary building made of ordinary steel and ordinary wood and ordinary drywall and ordinary carpet that's a little bit dirty and ordinary seats. We're just here. It's all very ordinary, and yet we often experience the kingdom right here in this place. Are you with me? Perhaps you've gained insight through an ordinary song. And at one point you began to understand that God really does love you, that, that you really are forgiven and that, that your life really does matter. Perhaps, perhaps through prayer, you began to understand that your life does have a purpose or maybe some Maybe something deep inside of you, some deep hurt has been softened or maybe even healed in some way. Perhaps through spoken word, you've identified some sort of deep bitterness lurking in your heart and you've begun to realize that forgiveness and love and not hate are just the better way to live. Or perhaps... Perhaps by listening to the scriptures being read. Maybe you've recognized God, God's voice sort of giving you direction, clarity. Most, if not all of us, have experienced or had that look what I found moment in this place or a, a place like it as we encounter the power and presence, the love of God. We encounter the kingdom of heaven. But all of this it's just ordinary stuff. We're all ordinary people. There's nothing magical that happens here. There's nothing hocus pocusy about what we do here. It's all ordinary. And if we can experience the kingdom of heaven in the middle of all of this ordinary stuff, then we can experience the kingdom of heaven, the power and presence and love and grace of God in the ordinary stuff of life out there as well. What was it that Jesus said? about it. Jesus said, whenever two or three are gathered together, what happens? I'm there too. 
wherever, however, whenever that takes place. Think about Jesus. Think about the stories. You read him. You read about him in the Bible. Think about, just think about all the ordinary places where he reveals himself. Right? He shows up at weddings. He shows up at funerals. Right? He reveals himself while he's sitting at a table across from other ordinary human beings. Right? He has something fantastic to teach while in one room while a woman's just doing her ordinary chores in the kitchen. He's just walking along the road and he encounters some dude who's up in a tree and there he reveals himself there too. He changes the lives of some fishermen while they're at work. Of all places, they're at work. Jesus shows up at work. They're just fishing. They're just mending their nets. And all of a sudden, their lives are completely changed and they go into a new direction. Ordinary places, ordinary circumstances. There's nothing magical or hocus pocusy about it. If you read Mark's version of Jesus' story, you'll hear that the the very first thing that Jesus says is this. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe this good news. Repent. Turn around. Turn towards. Lean into. Look for. Search for. Watch for the power and presence of God because it is near. Oh, it is, oh, so near. So sometimes, sometimes the kingdom, an experience of the kingdom, sometimes it happens inevitably. Like it just comes upon us. Like it's, like it's, it's some unstoppable force. It just happens to us like a, like a seed bursting forth out of the soil, becoming a becoming a, a plant that gives grace and shelter and shade to the birds of the air. Like, like your marriage, it, it's just not going well. It's sort of a mess. And you're in the kitchen with your spouse and you're, you're preparing dinner together and you grab the jug of milk and you're walking to put it on the table and it bumps into the corner of the counter and it sprays you from head to toe with a, with a milk shower. And you look over at your spouse and you, you begin laughing hysterically. And suddenly you realize, oh, there it is. There's that spark that, that originally brought us together. We've just got to find a way to work through this. The kingdom of heaven, it's like that. It just happens suddenly. And out of nowhere, you experience the power and the presence of God like an unstoppable force. Sometimes... It happens when we're just sort of stumbling along through life with no direction. We don't have any purpose, like a man stumbling through a field and suddenly, whoa, there's a treasure there. Like you've been in the same mundane job for years, right? For years, and you feel like there's no purpose to it. There's no place you're going. There's no end. It's just life is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Every day is the same. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? And then somebody says to you, I'm really grateful for you and what you do. Because without you and what you do here, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. So thank you 
for what you do. And suddenly you realize that, oh, it's not all meaningless because there's other people here and I affect the lives of others. And, oh, the kingdom of heaven, it's, it's kind of like that. And sometimes we know what we need, right? So we go seeking it. We go searching for it until we finally find it, like a merchant searching for a pearl, the very perfect pearl. We know we need help, so we go search it out, and we go and we find a therapist who helps us. We know we need forgiveness for a relationship to continue, so we humble ourselves, and we go ask for it because we know we need that forgiveness. And once we ask for it, we receive it. We know we need reconciliation. So we approach the person and we say something like, this is crazy. I didn't mean to hurt you and you didn't mean to hurt me. Can we have a conversation and, and work through this? Sometimes we know what we need. And so we go searching for it and we find that the kingdom of heaven, it's kind of like that. And when those things happen, we're filled with joy we're filled with joy because suddenly heaven and earth touch. And in those moments, we felt it happen. Oh, now I've got one more thing to say. And maybe you've thought about this before, but maybe we individually and maybe we corporately as a, as a church body, maybe, maybe we are the soil in which the seed has been planted. Maybe Maybe we are the dough in which the, the yeast is at work. Maybe we are the field in which the treasure is hidden. Maybe we are the marketplace in which the pearl can be found. That means that our little lives and our life together as a church, it matters a whole bunch. Because if we are the field then a wandering someone can just stumble in here or stumble into any one of our lives out there and find the salvation and freedom and healing that they're so desperately looking for, waiting to find. It means if we are the marketplace, then someone who's searching and looking and seeking for someone or something can bump into any one of our lives and find the thing that they've been looking for and searching for 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 so, so long, the forgiveness and power and presence and love and grace of their creator, we, ordinary, imperfect, messed up human beings, that's how important each of our lives is. That's how important our life together is. And when other people bump into our lives or stumble into this place and they experience the kingdom of heaven here or there, you know what happens? Well, they run off with unspeakable joy, like, oh my goodness, and they can't contain it. And they have to say to someone else, look what I found, the kingdom of heaven. It's kind of like that. Or maybe they stumble in here or they bump into our lives out there and they experience the power and presence of God. And instead of saying, look what I found, they experience it more like, look who finally found me. And they just have to talk about it because it's so much joy. Mm, the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. 
It's like that. Let's pray. God, thank you for, for your word, for these stories, for the ways in which Jesus communicated to his people and still communicates to us now the, the immensity of, of your truth, how he, he sort of tells these stories and parables and uses metaphors to, to shrink it down so that we can so that it's manageable for our minds, so that we can understand, so that we can draw near. Thank you, oh God, that you are available to us. Not just when we gather here together in this ordinary place with all of these ordinary people in an ordinary building, but that you're available here and out there and everywhere we go. You're just Underneath the surface, your power and presence are available to us if we're just paying close enough attention. Oh God, help us to pay attention. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand together.